0: This is the Scratching and Surviving podcast where we together will learn what it takes to achieve extraordinary results, and I am your host, Aries Webb-Williams. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Scratching and Surviving Podcast. I have a special guest today, my good friend, Alicia Woodall. She is a licensed professional counselor, and uh, I'm going to let her kind of fill us in on um, a little bit about her and her practice and and how she got started. And we're going to dive in because I got a lot of questions, and I actually got a lot of questions from you all who uh, sent through my Instagram and Facebook and my group me chats and all that stuff. So I really want to get into this conversation about mental health and wellness and self care and all the things that we need. You know, we talked about self care on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, but I really want to get a little bit deeper into the mental health part of that and we're going to get Alicia's help on it. So welcome
1: Alicia to the show and let Thank us know a little bit me. about you. Okay, so I'm a licensed professional counselor. I practice here in Dallas. I've had a practice for about ten years, a little over ten years, which is even every time I say that is like (laughs) really. What have you been doing for ten years? Wow, it's hard to really take that all in. So I've had practice for about ten years. Um, How did I get started? Was um, I actually was I had a mentor who was a psychologist in high school, and so. so, should I tell the long story? The, the short version is I had a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> the short version is I had a mentor who showed me um, what it was like to be. It's I had to like shadow her, go to her office, sit with her, mm. and I saw that what she was doing was essentially listening to people and helping them through their struggles. And I was like, she's sitting down, she's talking, and she's listening. These are things I do already. Right. Might as well get paid for it. um, (laughs) So I'm going to go to school for psychology. And so I went to school. I'm an undergraduate at UTA here in um, Arlington, and they're a science-based program. And I was sitting in the classroom when they said, and then when you go on to get your master's, and I was like, master's? I just... (laughs) I'm thinking this is the road to my practice, right? So anyway, long story short, it's been a long road because you got to do your undergraduate and you do your master's degree. And then there's 3000 hours um, postgraduate school that you're an intern. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a long time coming. So 10 years practice, but it's been, you know, close to oh my God, almost 17 years really wow. in the field of therapy and psychology. And so I mentioned UTA because it's different than some other undergraduate programs and mm-hmm. some um, some programs are much more based on the arts. And even though it was undergraduate in arts, their program is about science. And so that's kind of where my practice is, is more so behavioral science mm-hmm. and awareness, not just how do I make myself feel good, but how do my behaviors align? So we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about kind of my scope and uh, how my practice functions nice. and why that's important that so I went know, to a assign-
0: my, uh, first undergraduate major was psychology mm-hmm. and cause I thought that's what I wanted to do as well yeah. for the same exact reason. So I was like, okay, yeah. And my family's crazy. So this will be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like in my mind, I was like the dysfunction over here. I think I can, yeah. you know, I'm going to be the I'm person some people. Yeah, that comes in and solves all our family issues. But, right. um, The same thing happened where they were like, yeah, then you got to, I think they had mentioned like PhD and I was like, oh, heck to the (laughs) (laughs) knob because I barely wanted to do the four. So Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I might need to look into doing something else because I also had a love for computers. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I'll go that route. I had like four majors, girl. I went from psychology to computer science and then it was just way too much math. And I was like, that's not going to work. I went to business. Mm-hmm. That became my minor. Political science became my major. And because mm-hmm. I was thinking I was going to go to law school. Oh, and okay. so I was like, cool. So then I just graduated with political science and then a business minor. But, yep, psychology was going to be mine. And that same little story, I was like, mm, <laughs> think i can make it and i think I,
1: it's it hints for a lot of people psychology and then what is it what is it that a lot of teachers have is general studies or general mm-hmm. education so it's a it's a very um populated undergraduate degree mm-hmm. what you do with it postgraduate is where it kind of you go Changes. these different routes and avenues yeah because so i love I like the class undergrad.
0: i mean i mm-hmm. i got straight a's in all the psychology classes that we took because i just was interested you know in the mind and how people think mm-hmm. and Pavlov you know like dog and all I that kind it. of stuff you know just the thought process behind how you can I had this cool teacher too that used to um he he would play these little psychological games with us in class where mm-hmm. he would do things he said how he can make us treat him a certain way or like do certain things like get our attention to go this direction like he was doing all mm-hmm. these other little things and I was like this is crazy but yeah um yeah, I, I wasn't trying to do none of that, and I end up going to get a master's anyways, which is crazy because yeah. I'm like I, I couldn't. So you still yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like I still yeah. could have did it, but yeah. Um, so it's interesting that it's not more of a core topic, being that it is how we function as humans. So I know the fact that it's elective and that you know he just his little class on this little the fact that it's not part of high school curriculum. You know, mental wellness and how the mental state works. Yes, it's beyond my understanding. I mean, it's literally how we function.
0: And I it think makes. how I got interested was to how, you know, when you're the communication track in school, it'll be like public speaking or interpersonal, you you can kind of pick, and I was so afraid of public speaking, I definitely wasn't going to pick that at first, um, which is hilarious, because now I don't care. Um, but I went the interpersonal route, and I really enjoyed those classes a lot, like to where I will always do that, and it, even with that, it kind of has a, a, psychology kind of piece to it where Mm -hmm. you're learning how to how people think and physiological factors and psychological factors that could be a barrier to you communicating with somebody you know and stuff like
1: that i think you can find in almost every area you can find the psychological component Mm -hmm. like we can come up something out there i'll be able to tell you where the psychological component is in that even if you're looking at people that supposedly are not related to psychology Feels like scientists, absolutely. Like there's certain people and personality types that are going to lean that direction. Mm-hmm. Certain people that are going to be certain way. So, I mean, it's there and ev- it's underlying in everything that we have going on. And that's it, touches good, everything. It's
0: actually a good segue into, and I'm going to kind of incorporate some of these questions in okay. um, the different types of therapists that they're, they have out there, you know, because we'll hear okay. like you are a licensed professional counselor, you got psychiatrists, psychologists. Mm-hmm. You know, all these different ones, like what's really the difference? So, like a
1: psychotherapist, which is an LPC, licensed professional counselor, they are going to focus more on therapy and helping people who are having, um, I guess you would call it mental state, mental issues, concerns, helping them through a therapeutic process. Whereas a psychiatrist is a doctor. A medical doctor goes to the same program as any other medical doctor, but they're, um, they're not their strength, but where they lean is more so toward the brain and how the brain works. And so they're going to be able to prescribe you medication based on their knowledge and awareness of that. So if you want medication or if you're in need of medication, you would go to a psychiatrist. So mm-hmm. a lot of people start off at therapy and depending on what they, what they find out in that therapeutic process, they may then be referred to a psychiatrist who can offer medication. Mm-hmm. Um, difference as far as style is that like, so a psychiatrist may not see, wouldn't see you necessarily for an hour because they're way more expensive. Um, they typically see clients in fifteen minute increments.
0: Okay. If they
1: even practice counseling, most of them just want to ask you the questions they need to know to prescribe you the medicine that you need. Oh
0: wow! It's not
1: about engaging you necessarily in therapy. That's not all. Some psychiatrists are in practice for um, counseling, but it's just not as common. More more likely, it's going to be a therapist. And so then a psychologist is somebody who has done research on a specific area, and so they have a um, they have a strength. Based on what their research was. Okay. They can also provide counseling, but their, 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 their underlying strength is research. Research based. hmm
0: Yeah. Based. I mean, and that's the thing. So how do you, I mean, I'm assuming that the psychiatrist is going to be the one that's more expensive. Yes. <laughs> the one that's prescribing the medication.
1: Based on time. Yeah. They're more expensive and you're not going to see them as often unless it's a counseling psychiatrist. And that's something that, again, all of them don't offer that. Mm-hmm. But for those that do, their time may be different than a regular 50-minute session. They may not do a whole hour or 50 minutes, which is a clinical hour. 50 minutes with your therapist, 10 minutes for them to do documentation is your whole hour. So So you're not really in the office for an hour.
0: Got it. Okay. And when do you know, like, okay, I need to go see... This person, like, is there something that we would know, you know, because everybody think we probably all think we're normal, (laughs) you know, like everything is just fine and not even like if this is abnormal, but like, yeah, how would I know, you know what, I need to go see a psychiatrist, but you would it be like my regular doctor referring me somewhere or?
1: Most of the time it is the primary care physician that does the referral. Like I think I, I can't help you with this scope of issues. So I'm going to refer you over to somebody who does mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, that's typically where a lot of the referrals come from, from the PCP saying, um, I can't help you with this, but here's someone that can. But for the most part, a general answer that I like to give is that everybody should have a therapist. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. that you go to a therapist in crises or when something is wrong, but you have a therapist. The same way I use the dentist as an analogy, like I don't go to the dentist just because I have a cavity, I go to the dentist to maintain the health of my teeth. Mm -hmm. So I'm there every six months, whether there's a problem or not. And then if there are problems in between that six month time, I I make an appointment. So Mm -hmm. the same thing can be true with your therapist on your Rolodex of professionals. If you have a PCP, primary care physician, you have a dentist, you have an OBGYN, there should be a therapist on that list as well. And this person knows you, works with you, understands you said when a crisis does happen their ability to understand that crisis um and and deal with that acute situation is way more way more improved than someone who's just meeting you for the first time not that you can't but if we're talking about when do you go mm-hmm. like right now yeah find a therapist and just start working it out you know. and
0: maybe you go more frequently when something is going on you know, and Absolutely. then you might reduce the amount of time that you go when it's like,
1: okay, I'm feeling pretty, you know,
0: healthy right now. Yeah, I
1: have long-term <laughs> clients that I used to see weekly, and now I see them, you know, maybe twice a year or when there's something that comes up that they want to come in for, but they're not weekly. So you start off weekly because you have to kind of build up that rapport with the therapist mm-hmm. um, and get to an understand that first session is just filling each other out. It doesn't mm-hmm. even really count. That's just a fill-out session. Right. Determine if you're going to come back for session two. Session two, you're a little, your guards are a little, down a little bit more. And then session three, it feels a little more invested. This is my therapist. We've been talking. I've told her some things, shared some things with her or him, and now I'm ready to get into it. So it's really that first three sessions that you need to even decide if this is a process I'm gonna stick with mm-hmm. with this particular person.
0: And I'll say, you know, last year, and you know, because you're a my friend on Facebook, I was like, you know, I'm gonna go to therapy and who else wants to go to therapy with me? <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. I did this thing because I was a good like. Post. Yeah, it ended up, I mean, I was shocked at how many people, you know, commented on it and was like, yeah, you know, I need to start going to, and, because I do believe Mm -hmm. in the power of, like, influence, right, where when you see someone, that's how everything is right now. That's what social media is, Instagram, people just going, ooh, I want to do what you're doing, that looks fun, oh, I wish I was there, why I didn't get an invite to the party, you know, or whatever.
1: It's acceptable now.
0: Yeah, so when people that you know are saying, yep, I go to therapy. They're like, oh, maybe I can go, you know. Mm -hmm. So I definitely was like, you know, we over here promoting everything else. Like, this is something that's pretty important and we should be talking about, you know, this stuff. Because we deal with a lot on a regular basis. And I think as African-Americans in particular, um, Mm -hmm. the news alone can make you feel like you need to start going to talk to somebody. You know, (laughs) it's just a lot of traumatic news out there and, and just our history period and the things that we deal with on a daily basis, I think it's some specialized, you know, type of stuff that we need to be able to talk to somebody about because you probably can't talk right. to everybody about. I like the fact of like paying somebody to listen to me talk mm-hmm. about stuff. <laughs> that I, yeah. You know, you don't want to burn your friends um, that aren't I ask professionals. all the time.
1: When was the last time you had someone that sat down with you for an hour to hear about what's going on with you and how you feel versus this back and forth? Well, how are you? I'm doing good. How you been Mm -hmm. doing? And then it's this exchange of what's going on versus let's really just process what's going on with me. It's not about the therapist. He or she shouldn't, in my opinion, you know, add their own personal stuff. Well, me too, girl. And I did that. It's just not about them at that moment. It's strictly about you. And most of us, most people have not had that outside of the therapeutic experience. It's always an exchange of ideas, Mm -hmm. not Um, An an analysis of what I'm feeling Thinking and behaving like based On whatever
0: and it's like You know people will feel your friends Are gonna be like what kind of friend am I You always talking about yourself you know like It's just it's not how relationships Work (laughs) in a healthy Way so to pay somebody to Focus on you Just like Mm -hmm. any other coach or You know business coach or You know life coach or whatever you got You can you get paying somebody for their time; they are designated for your, right. you know, your concerns at that at that moment. Um, exactly.
1: What do you feel like? And skilled, and, and sorry just to add this, no. and they're skilled uh-huh. to hear you in a different way. So your mm-hmm. friends are going to hear you based on our friendship, our relationship. I know what it's like. I know how she gets when she's with certain people because I know certain things about you. We're girl. You're my friend, and so my response to you is going to be predicated by the fact that I know X, Y, Z about you. Mm -hmm. or I've been through certain things with you, or I don't want you to do certain things. So I'm not going to say it this way to you. So it's never um, a blank slate, which Mm -hmm. is what you would get with a therapist. too.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Because I'll tell you, like, so I started in, what was it? I think November? No, October, Mm -hmm. I believe. I think it was October. But I felt like I clearly was in need of going to therapy because it's like, as soon as I walked in her room, I just felt like, whew, like mm-hmm. I'm going to be emotional. <laughs> yeah, And, um, cause you do need that release, you know, yeah. it's, it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know if y'all set your rooms up a certain way that triggers like yeah. us, but um, well, it's
1: but more than half the battle is knowing that I need to do this. Mm-hmm. So even if that person is just a mediocre therapist, the fact that you said to self, "I need to do this for me," and I actually did it, just like going to the gym, you may not actually really put any work in or work the machine correctly, but you know that you got up and you went. Mm-hmm. And so I think that relief that a lot of people talk about when they come into the therapist's office is, "I'm here. I'm gonna let it out. I'm gonna." See what have if it. Works, I don't know. It may or it may not. But I know that I need to do something. And so your mind in itself is congratulating you. Like let's do this. Let's release. Mm-hmm. And it is a relief. It's weight off your shoulders. You, you're trying it. It may not work. But I tried it, and I'll try the next thing if this doesn't.
0: Right. I, and it's I, relieving. I agree because I'm like that's the first part is no like anything admitting that you need the help is going to be one of the first mm-hmm. things and being open to it. Like, you have to yeah. kind of get your mind right and say, you know, we're going to do this. And I'm going to be open to whatever the process brings me. Right. Um, nice. And I had to do that. So uh, one of the things I was thinking, because just being up front, you know, all my doctors, my kids' doctors are, are black. That's something that I kind of purposely d- just started doing. You know, when I had kids, yeah. it was kind of like, I want to look for some, you know, doctors that look like them so they're used to seeing that, you know, right? Um, so mm-hmm. their pediatrician, my OBGYN, my family doctor, dentist, you know, all of that optometrist, everybody. So I'm thinking, okay, cool, I'm about to get a therapist and I'm gonna find me a sister, you know, so, and mm-hmm. it's gonna be cool. But then as I started looking, I was like, oh know if I want a sister because what if I'm running to her out like <laughs> in a social yeah. setting or something I was feeling like mm, I don't know um so I started kind of feeling a little bit hesitant about the familiarity of actually having um a black woman um but then it just got hard to look period you know when you start just searching through all the people and you're like it's too many options right. I don't know what to pick yeah. how do you feel like what's the, what do you feel is the how important it is like to match someone who has similar characteristics like race, gender, or whatever, sexual Mm -hmm. orientation.
1: So since we're talking about this 10 year thing that I've been doing, right. Mm -hmm. So like early in my career, I wouldn't even put my face on my website. Cause I just thought, you know, I want you just to show up. I don't want you to judge me at that time. I would say almost 98% of my clients were white. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they would come and they, I don't if they had a problem, they masked it well. But when the black women would come, again, based off, hi, my name is Alicia. Come on into my office. See you on Tuesday. And then they get there. And I I had several that would see me and then kind of sit there like, "Mm, I'm not sure I want to do this. And Let me go. They would say, what they would say is, "Uh, where's your restroom? And so they would go to the restroom. And then my mom thinking, is she going to come back? They always came back. But I think they were in there gathering themselves. like, (laughs) Yeah. Like, do I do with her? I don't know you know, processing it. Mm -hmm. And so, but that has changed. So that was early. That was, you know, earlier part of the decade. Here we are now where, when I asked, how did you find me? I Googled black therapists. Mm -hmm. So there are more people who are inclined to want someone that looks like them and understands them now than back then. Cause back then, again, we were still dealing with the, um, the uh, stigma of that, you know, therapists are white and they're Mm -hmm. typically white males. And so when you think of that, you thought that's the one that I want to go to to help me because he's a white male therapist. And so that's just gradually changed over time with social media, with things that we see on TV, Real Housewives, they're going to therapist now mm-hmm. that look like them. So all of these things contributed to it, to where now, I would say most people that I encounter in my office, they Googled me and, you know, I saw you and I wanted you based mm-hmm. on me, not just your name and what you study or whatever.
0: And I think for me too, I mean, that's a great point. I, I wanted... I was at the point where I was like, I don't even care. I'm just going to pick somebody because I, just, I went through my job first. So that may answer some people's questions about like how to find one. Right. Usually if you yeah. use your, your, your job, they will give you like a list of people that they approve. And so I had this list and I go through it and I'm like, I don't know. How am I really going to know? You know, I don't, I'm not going to know if they're good or not. It don't even matter. So I literally was just like had my finger and was like, okay, we're going to pick her, <laughs> you know, and let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Cause I felt like the longer I made these excuses, I wasn't going to go, Yeah, you know, that's the longer that I'm not doing it. So even sure. if I just go and she's not good, I'll just go to somebody else, you know? And yeah. I just kind of, I think I looked up because I, she was, I, I liked her. And I think when we got to our second session, I found out that she was a Christian and that's only because she asked me cause I kept saying stuff that let her know that I was. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't usually say that this, you know, she doesn't come out telling people that cause all her client, mm-hmm. all her people obviously are not Christian. right? So she doesn't want people to feel, you know, that she's pushing her beliefs yeah. or whatever. But once I was open with her and she was like, well, I'm just going to tell you, you know? So then our yeah. therapy actually started changing a little bit more focused because of that piece that's a big part of my way I think about Mm -hmm. things based on those beliefs. She was able to colored your thoughts.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: So she was able to relate to why my brain was going that route or, you know, things that I Mm -hmm. was doing. So that actually um, took it up a notch. Um, and I didn't even I wasn't even looking for a Christian therapist. I just was like, right, it don't matter. <laughs> I just need somebody yeah. at this. Point.
1: But you bring up a good point. It's a relationship. And so and what will happen is that over time, it may feel like a friendship, so to speak. And I think a lot of therapists frown at that, calling it a friendship. Mm-hmm. But it is it's a relationship. You are sharing yourself with somebody else. And so that feeling that I'm close with this person, like you just said, it took it up a notch for me. Mm -hmm. So there was a bond that was created that's even further cemented because now we have this in common. And so it is a relationship, no matter how professional and business it is. At the end of the day, this person hears more about you than most of your friends would. And hears hears you in a way that most of your friends don't. And so that is absolutely a relationship, Um, not one that needs to cross boundaries, like hanging out, going to happy right? But it's there's a relationship there. And some people frown at that, but I don't. Yeah, it's the crux of my practice that if we connect, like I need to see energy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Change
1: energy with somebody.
0: And with that, so with your practice, um, I know you talk a lot about self-awareness, you know, like being a big, big part of how you go about your um, your practice. Can you talk a little bit more about like your style? Yeah.
1: So so self-awareness is like, the, it's the practice. It's what it is. I'm, when people come in, I tell them, we are not here to fix you. We're here to understand you, which is so different, significantly mm-hmm. different. People come in feeling broken. I need to fix myself. i to change these things. And what will happen is we're going to explore you to where you have a better understanding of who you are, heightened awareness of who you are and how you operate. And at that point, you're then in a position to make a decision as to what needs to change about your behavior. Right now, um it's based off of a crisis or something that didn't go the way you wanted it to and so you want to change these things but until you understand why you do these things or why you find yourself in these repetitive situations can you make a really educated and informed decision so self awareness for me is more so key than repair mm-hmm. and i think that's also why some people struggle with what well, i don't need to go to therapy and I'm wrong with me I'm not broken you don't have to be broken but you can always be more aware because the more aware you are obviously you're going to operate at a, at a higher level, the optimal level, because you have better awareness. So that's all that the practice is. I don't, you know, I do behavior modification based on the awareness, not me saying, oh, well, you need to do this based on what I heard. This is how you change your life. You'll be better. There is no emoting for me what you need to do to change your life.
0: And that's I tell them good. that too,
1: because that's a style of therapy. you like, um, like, what's Iyanla? Mm-hmm. I, I, I love Iyanla. Oh my disclaimer. gosh. I, I love her. However, her type of therapy is very... um. And I don't even know if it should be called therapy. Her practice is very much so, this is what you got to do. Listen mm-hmm. to me. This is what you're feeling. And it's just so, If where there's a spectrum, I'm on the opposite end. Mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm not going to tell you anything.
0: I'm not going to lie. I don't really care for her like that. Yeah. Because of that, like that wouldn't yeah. work for me. I just, mm-hmm. my personality is very, if you want me to do something, it's a finesse that it's going to take, you know, especially <laughs> if it's something that I'm not, for right away. You can't mm-hmm. just be like you need to I'm Mm-mm. I I'm automatically I'm going to go the other direction just cuz like
1: that If just... that worked, parenting would work. <laughs> exactly. Your barber could tell you what you need to do. Your homegirl could tell you, "Hey, you need to leave that leave him alone." Mm-hmm. I promise you do. and you would do it. It does not work. Telling somebody, but when you help them understand it and then they decide I want to make a decision, that's effective change. Mm-hmm. Me telling you, who am I to tell you what you got to do or what you need to do to be better? You can understand it yourself and make a decision, you know, and so yeah, her type of therapy is very, what I call it. It's God complexity. Mm-hmm. Like I know the answers. Like I cringe whenever she tells someone how they feel mm-hmm. you're feeling this right now, aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now that you've said it, it sounds good. Let's go with that. Right, There's right. no room for you to understand it for yourself because you've just been told in a very matter of fact way from the professional, that's what it is. And so if you can't explore it yourself and have your own heightened self-awareness, in my opinion, it does not stick. I will say forever. Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, and that's just like, I'm at the place where when I'm thinking about dealing with people, if you're not doing constant work to see what's going on with yourself, like I don't even, I can't even have a conversation with you. Like you're missing out on so much value that you can be getting, you know, for yourself. Like I've always been a um kind of self development type of person person. Even when I was younger, I'm like, re- I, I was the self-help book reading person, you know. <laughs> um, but I was always trying to find out more about myself and just learn why I make certain decisions, why I do what I do. And I think probably when I got in my early 30s was when I really was like, okay, Aries, you need to figure this thing out. Like, why, are you, you know, what is going on? And so, yeah, like, I think that and as a mother, I'm doing the same thing with my kids. Like, I'm learning how to ask them questions more so mm-hmm. than telling them to do something. Cause it's like, right. I'm going ask, so what do you think about that? Is that cool? Like, would you be happy if that happened to you? You know, like, I ask questions mm-hmm. all the time and I find it way more effective than being like, right. you better, you know. There's right. some times I definitely say you better, but <laughs> but right. for real stuff. There are times when
1: that's called poor. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't.
0: I feel like everybody needs to be doing work on themselves always because you're changing. You know, I mean, we're all changing every day. We're getting older and your thought process changes. I mean, evolving. yeah. So somebody had asked, how can you tell if a person has mental issues or just being sensitive? And I guess that's kind of like the identifying. And I don't know if we should be telling that, but identifying the type of help like someone needs.
1: Mm-hmm. So whether a person is being sensitive or has mental health issues. So, there's, so I, I don't know. How do I back into this question? On one hand, so mental health issue or mental health disorders, let's think of that as a separate thing. It's its own entity, right? If you have clinical depression, that is significantly different than I'm feeling really sad today or I'm not having a good day. Mm-hmm. Those two are not the same. And so when you say a person has mental health issues, <laughs> I don't know that like if they have a mental health disorder, that's something that is diagnosed and that's an issue that they're dealing with. But if they have a variant in their mental state, like today I'm a little more irritable or today I'm easily frustrated or whatever it is, that is a very normal human function. Mm -hmm. Now, if a person that you know is consistently sensitive or more emotional than you consider yourself to be, that's their mental state. Doesn't make, doesn't mean they have mental health issues. It means that that's how their mental state functions. And that's them. It, um, it's not necessarily a disorder, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, and I would say in that in that, in that that situation, maybe look at yourself a little bit more. How is it affecting you? And start there, because we can never really answer the question for other people. Yeah, so exactly. this person is irritating me based on how sensitive they are, whatever you want to call it. So I'm going to back away versus trying to figure out why that person is so sensitive. If that yeah. makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, It is. Like it's,
1: it's not about, you can't really figure the other person out. All right, so
0: one of the things and we we kind of talked about this off offline um there's more tv shows you know that talks about it even more cuz you know that's how you know it it emulates reality a lot of times these shows are coming in based on needs that we're seeing and um one of them was million little things that mm-hmm. addresses a lot about like suicide and depression and all kind of stuff like everybody in there got something going on and you watch that show, right?
1: I do. I love that show.
0: And one of the things they were, they were I feel like the whole season was kind of like, how did we not know, you know, that mm-hmm. we needed to do anything? And it wasn't as obvious as you probably would think, you know, that you would see mm-hmm. these signs um, that yeah. someone needs it. What are some signs that we may can see? You know, maybe your friend might be going through something or be depressed that we can look for. Um mm-hmm to see if they need, you know, some intervention in some way.
1: So because humans are creatures of habit, we tend to, you know, you know your friends based on their habits and things that they kind of do. So when you see changes in those habits, that's always a telltale sign of something. It may not be a sign of depression, but it's a sign of something is going on. And so to ask inquisitive questions versus the generic, how you doing? stuff, things like that, not to where you're you're interrogating your friend, but you're asking things based on your personal relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I i'm I'm good with that like i'm I'm always trying to like if I feel something I'll be like what's mm-hmm. going on how you doing you know especially with I feel like guys are not as they don't talk about stuff anyways you know so it's like you gotta dig 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 to get them to tell you real stuff you know sometimes so right. I'll be like are and most you people how aren't are you really
1: trained to say it sorry they're not really like how do you say I'm not well? without saying you know nobody really wants to say well I've been sad for the last five days Mm
0: -hmm. I've been
1: crying every night no you know those things are just not normal conversation because we haven't made them normal so it's especially with men it's going to be hard a girlfriend's a little easier she can call and you know to let you know I've been drinking wine and crying every night whereas a man may have a little bit more difficulty verbalizing what it is he's been feeling Mm
0: -hmm. so Mm -hmm. his is
1: also going to be main behaviors
0: Yeah, because one of my friends, he just put a post up like two days ago, and he was like, we're about to every Friday. He's actually a um, personal trainer. The way he does his training, because I trained with him at one point for a little while, and I was like, I just really like training with him. His name is Bravo, so shout out to Bravo. Um, We get done doing a workout, and he'll pray, (laughs) you know, like at the end or in the beginning or whatever, Mm -hmm. and just be like, you know, let's get our mind together. Like he's very holistic, kind of in his way, his methods. Um, But he put a post up the other day like, guys, we're about to talk about stuff that's not easy to talk about. We're going to talk about mental health and like these questions that he asked people to answer through his uh, Instagram, which I was like, this is cool. Like, I think it's good to get some guys talking to guys, maybe, you know, to open up those doors.
1: Yeah, you have to. You have to until you kind of open those doors and make it cool and comfortable to do that. Um, it's really hard to get it from men, especially from man to to a woman, like to just confess it until mm-hmm. it becomes normal behavior for them.
0: And what do you do? Because I, I have had it where I felt like somebody needed to talk to somebody and I didn't want to be like, you need to go to therapy. You know, like you need to talk to somebody. <laughs> yeah. You want to ease into this conversation. It's like, how do you help a friend that really does need to talk to some Like, you know, they've been crying every night and drinking every mm-hmm. night and everything else and showing yeah. maybe some reckless behaviors or, you know, showing that they've been really sad a lot. And you're like, how can I support my friend this way?
1: So like one of the things is to not make it about them. So it's not about saying, I've noticed you're crying or you're drinking lot of wine lately and maybe sharing more about yourself. So if you're an advocate of therapy, I know when I was in a bad place last year, when XYZ happened in my life, I went to therapy and it was helpful to me. I know that when I'm feeling really down, talking or journal or whatever it is like making it about self to where you're opening up the door because anytime you open up about self it invites others to do the same versus when you're like what's going on and then you're just you're inquiring more about them but when you open up about yourself it helps Mm -hmm. them be more open and at that point all you really can do is understand there is no forcing them to go to therapy or making them go you help them know that you understand what they're going through that you're willing to listen and seek counsel for yourself
0: And I think that's that's helped me have those conversations too, like where I'm like, "Ooh, I went and talked to my therapist today, and Lord, that was a good session." You know, like I'll Mm -hmm. just talk about it really openly because Mm -hmm. I want people, I want my friends to know, like, "Hey, you might see me on the outside." You know how we're posting this stuff on social media? It looked like my life is a movie. It's just so beautiful, and you don't know the real. You know, we only showing the highlights, anyways. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, so it's like you need to share some other stuff so people know like this is real. I think social media has a lot to do. They said that these kids nowadays and like that millennial kind of Gen mm-hmm. Z they're more sad because of yeah. social media and and envy, I guess.
1: Right? When you think about the influence of cuz even our networks are so much greater than they were when we were young in our 20s, you know, you had your your friends for your network. That was who you knew. Mm -hmm. And now you have access to like hundreds. Some people have thousands of friends on social media. And that's all of these different energies coming in and different experiences that look like they're outside of your experience. Um, It's just, it can be really heavy. It's a lot to take on. I'm really big on trimming your social media and keeping it to those who you intimately know versus just taking in everybody's stories and everybody's energy. Like really manicuring that to where it fits you and it's suitable to you, helpful to you, not harming you. If it's somebody that you look at and you get you feel yourself jealous or you feel yourself judging yourself based on what they have, maybe not look at their page. Let that go. You know what I Turn do? That back. Listen,
0: I I say if I scroll on social media and when I get to your post, I'll be like, Ugh. you know, like I feel a way about it. I'm like, I need to unfollow them, like because mm-hmm. every time I see your page, just irritate hey. me or something. I need to just unfollow you on, on Facebook so that you don't think I'm right. not your friend no more <laughs> or whatever. I'm going to just unfollow right. not a friend, but you know, I just don't want to see some stuff. Cause some people's page does have an energy to it where it's like just negative, negative, negative posts all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm tired of hearing you complaining, you know, about this or that. Um, cause I do think all of this content is very curated. You know, we're, we're curate. It's, it's, it's designed based on our interests. You know, they get algorithms now where it's like, if I like, I saw a thing the other day, it was like, you like three posts with the hashtag author or something like that. And it offers me to follow that hashtag, you know, now. Mm -hmm. So anything that comes up under that would show up in my timeline, you know? So you can't let you. Yeah. It's like, you can't get away from it sometimes.
1: No. It should, be, it should really trim our social media because it's just we don't realize how much access we give to people, to ourselves and to our energy with social media because it's coming from all different directions. We're looking at pictures of celebrities. We're looking at so-and-so who travel all the time, so-and-so who's getting promotion, her job. And it's just a lot coming in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's something that we'll look at in hindsight and be like, oh, this had this effect on people back in the 20th century or whatever, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't see it now in the moment it's almost like cigarettes. There was a time when you could smoke in public Mm -hmm. and it's in the high. Now we're like, Oh no, that's not okay. Secondary. Um, what is it called? Secondary smoke or whatever. Mm -hmm. We know that now a decade later, but at that time it was normal behavior. So social media seems very normal right now, but at some point studies are going to show that the influx of all that different energy has a major impact on psyche, how you feel about self self esteem, you know, which is why self care is such a big thing now. Like People want to know, how do I make myself feel better? And they're not really realizing why they even feel bad to begin with.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and I
1: think that is,
0: it, it's, I feel like I can see it already. I mean, just from my mm-hmm. own attention span, I don't yep. even, I mean, just the amount that we're looking at a screen in a day, my little, mm-hmm. um, you know, the phone will tell you how long you have I screen know. time. And I'm like, ooh. Uh uh-uh, uh, that's horrible.
1: I feel like, how? <laughs> how? I'm so busy. Right. It like you've done the thing for eight hours. Eight hours, right? There. Like, exactly. where did I accumulate eight hours to look at Facebook? And, but it's happening. So I think, I think mine is miscalculating my time. Because <laughs> it shows the whole, it shows everything that every time
0: you click your phone and look at your, you just open it up, it's counting that mm-hmm. time. Anytime that you right. look in that phone. So those little, glances are adding up, you know, Add and up. who knows what that is up. doing to our brains, you know, and stuff um mm-hmm. over time as well. So you definitely got a point with that. I think that's why the that they they came up with that for these all they, they have know. is a computer, you know? Like we didn't have we were reading books and, you know, we had like our video games was the thing, you know, Nintendo yeah, at came the school out, you the weekend, know, but yeah, but not walking around with a computer in your hand all day, able to look at, I think Twitter, access to everything, Twitter started it when we were able to see access to celebrities on Twitter, yeah. you know, uh, following uh, them, um, that yeah. started that whole wavelength of envy. I think, you know, people wanted mm-hmm. to be like Diddy you know, and whoever
1: else. Right. Stunt, for and the gram. it, it changes your thoughts based on theirs. It colors your th- And we don't even realize how much it does, how much things that we see on social media color the way that we see things, the way that we perceive things. Exactly. It just kind of happens naturally. You don't think that's what it is, but, you know... Like I have a fanny pack now. And I think it's because I think fanny packs are cool. But the reality is I started seeing fanny packs again, the resurface of fanny. It wasn't mm-hmm. that I just thought fanny pack. I'm going to do that again from the nineties. <laughs> I saw it. Then when I saw one at the store, I thought I'm going to get a fanny pack. And it was that subtle thing from seeing mm-hmm. it and seeing people have it to where, Oh, it is cool. I'm going to wear this. Does it feel like I'm doing it because others are doing it? But that's absolutely the reason I thought to buy one. My best friend whether brought whether that I up. I it or not.
0: She brought that up the other day. She was like, I'm, It makes, she's like, it makes me feel like, what is really real? Like, what are my real thoughts? Like, I don't even know if I like this thing anymore, you know, or do I like this or or do I not like it? Just because, you know, it's like, you don't even know what your real interests are, you know. So subconscious, yes. So with all this being said, so we got social media and the influence of being able to see so much, you know, more than normal Mm -hmm. access to everything on every platform and not watching as much television as we used to, we were doing everything, watching it on, on our, on our phones, you know, most of Mm -hmm. the time, YouTube and all that. Then you got, you know, if we go into the African American, you know, brain and our, our influences, um, and, and things that are happening in our culture on a regular basis. Um, Family dynamics. We didn't even get into other stuff like, you know, parenting, single parenthood, you know, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> it's so much.
1: It's so much. You know? and it all goes back to the psyche. Like we were saying, it touches yeah. everything from our social media interactions to our parenting styles. All of it is based on psyche. All yes. of it goes back the foundation of finding the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, the foundation of is psyche, psychology. How does this how does this operate from a human perspective? all of it. And then you look at that and like, I'm not, I'm not good at math, but this analogy is, you know, it's this X plus Y plus Z equals this. And it's a million a gazillion variables of what mm-hmm. it going to have to be. So what are the social media influences? Right. What are my parental influences? What are my relationship? All of these influences come together to make and create my outlook and perspective.
0: Yeah. Cause I know all of them that
1: add to it and contribute in some way. Mm-hmm
0: just being a mom, you know, it's like, I need a therapist just for parenting. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's like mm-hmm. days where I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling the pressure or, you know, whatever. Um, so when we're thinking about this thing and realizing, you know what? I need to find someone. What are some ways that people can get started? Like, where do you even
1: start? How do I find a
0: person yeah. um, and where should I go?
1: So first things first, for people who've never used their behavioral health benefits is to call that line on the back of your card that says behavioral health or mental health, whatever, and have a conversation. Most of us are very um, aware of what our medical benefits look like, copay, deductible, all that jazz. We've been doing it all of our lives using medical benefits, not so much with mental health. And so there are benefits that people have that they're not even really aware that they have. EAP, which is Employee Assistance Program. A lot of companies have this on your benefit plan. And that is when your company pays 100% of your services for X amount of sessions. They may say, we're willing to pay five sessions for you to go to therapy. Um, But you don't know that until you call Mm -hmm. your benefits line. And your benefits are separate from your medical. So first things first would be to call and have that conversation. Even if you're not going to go right now, you don't want to go to therapy right now, you call your mental health, the behavioral health line, and get some clarity on what that benefit looks like for you. And then second, they would be able to guide you as to where their in-network providers are. Um, And you would start there and see if you could find somebody in your area based on your insurance benefits, if you're going to use insurance. I'm not a huge fan of using insurance, even though I use insurance. I take insurance um, only because um, sometimes it creates a barrier. You have to label someone with insurance involved. So you have to have a diagnosis. If you're using your insurance, your therapist has to label what you're coming for, whether it be depression, anxiety, you know, and it, it typically you can just like some really low level diagnoses. It's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. Um, adjustment disorder, something like that. But at the same time, if your insurance is involved, I have to say there's an issue and that issue is this. Mm-hmm. If you're not using insurance, I don't have to label it anything. It's just you working on self. So there's a slight difference. In, to some people it matters, some people it doesn't, but to those that it does, um, not using your insurance benefits would be, the
0: reason yeah because maybe after you get the free sessions or whatever you know because finances could be a problem you know a barrier that people are saying well it costs too much to to find a therapist I found that there are so many resources that you can even get free therapy depending upon the type of therapist and the program based on your income you know some therapists have mm-hmm. like a sliding scale that they can use based yeah, on okay, sliding scales which I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, and what about what do you feel about like the online therapy or like text therapy? How do you feel about that?
1: You know it's different, I think it's a sign of it's a sign of the times, and I think people are very into it, and I've been trying to wrap my head around it, but because I'm so old school in that way, I really do enjoy the. Exchange of energy. So it's hard to do that it's kind of weird so it's just weird for me but I think a lot of people are finding benefit because people are busy and if I can go to my car and get on my FaceTime or whatever and do my therapy session and not leave work and drive across town then I think that's for those people that need it um all therapists like myself aren't necessarily there yet mm. it just it's just I haven't picked up on it yet um just big on human contact and being in the room and in space and feeling what that is but that's just me I'm kind of a tree hugger in that way so but the, for those that you know that don't need that and that function well with this that's I think it's great it uh, it provides an avenue for those who can't make it otherwise yeah so there's nothing there's never anything wrong with that
0: yeah I know some people that do and they're like oh my god it's so awesome I can just text and I'm like I wouldn't even mm-hmm. want to text all this like I got stuff to te- I got things to say I need to say it yeah um and the li- yeah.
1: for me there's liability and so like what do I do when I get a text that says you know I'm ready to end it all like I don't want that text message on this end. Like now what right. am I calling your phone? Am I trying to reach you? It just, it's a lot for me. I need you in the office. If you had that same comment there, I know how to handle it from my office. Mm-hmm. You sending me a message from wherever you are makes me uneasy. So do I don't want to get it.
0: When people um, finally find someone, how should they qualify? Like if this
1: is a good therapist or not, like if this is a good fit, how do you know? Mm-hmm. Same thing with relationships. Like it's a feeling. So, you know, how do I feel in this setting? Um, I think it all boils down to how you feel energy wise. Is this a good exchange? Do I feel like this person is listening to me? Do I feel like I can be myself here? If there are reasons that you choose to withhold things based on whatever your experience or presentation of that person, that may not be the therapist for you. And you go with that. They could be an awesome therapist, you know, all these articles, world renowned therapists. But if you go in that office and you don't feel a connection or feel like you want to share with this person, that's okay, because we are humans, and humans, in my opinion, exchange energy. And if that energy exchange is off for you, then find another one. It doesn't matter if she's great with your best friend. She may okay. not be great with you. Um, so you would qualify based on do I feel comfortable in this setting? Do I feel like this is a place where I can be myself and really express? Or am I going to also hold, hide, and cover in here? Because if I'm doing that with my therapist, I'm wasting the time.
0: Exactly. Go somewhere
1: where you can actually be exposed and be yourself and get to it not pretend not trying to keep up barriers for the sake of the therapist.
0: i agree so if mm. people uh want to find you where would they find you or
1: learn more about your practice so i'm on instagram uh finding the foundation i'm on facebook under alicia woodall lpc finding the foundation so as long as you type in finding the foundation you should be able to find me.
0: <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's my commercial. You like that? No, I like me.
1: it. <laughs> Finding
0: me, find <condition> me. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm very glad that you were able to join me. And um, I think people would. I've been wanting to. I know. We've been trying so to get proud it together. Thank you
1: this podcast. Thank you. I was excited when I saw you posted. it. Um... I was like, "Okay, I see where you're going with this." I like that. <laughs> I like the concept of it all, so. Yeah. I want
0: to be on again. Yeah, you can come on again. We're going to just have to talk about some other stuff. We'll find I'm sure yeah, we can cuz we always got good stuff to talk about, so. Um cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us and like I said, I'm going I'll definitely have you back. Um And I will be sending everybody your way when they start asking me questions about (laughs) therapists and all that after this. I'm going to be like, (laughs) Alicia, chime in. way, I will chime in. Thank you for listening to the Scratching and Surviving podcast. To connect with me and hear more, please visit scratchingandsurviving.com. Make sure to join the Scratching and Surviving community. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your player of choice. Talk to you next week.